Welcome ye to the Rees Company. I'm Steve Rees, the bull of American broadcasting, alongside the great Chris Morganti. Uh, we're very excited tonight. We're going to share with you uh, in just a little bit a made-for-television motion picture from 1980, it's 1981, correct? Yeah, called Angel Dusted, and you can just imagine what unfolds as we watch the footage. Um, Chris, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Very. Uh, it's a new year now. Yeah. And new us, right? Uh, how do you mean? I, I don't mean anything by it. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's what people say. New year, new you. Um, I, I think we're pretty much the same. Yeah, I know I am. <laughs> a few weeks ago, we uh, discussed a very real news story out of India where a civil war had broken out among two different species. Yes, the uh, dogs versus monkeys. Yeah, uh, and it was uh, very dramatic and quite brutal what we found out. Yeah, a lot of dogs were killed. Yes, uh, savaged by monkeys. And um, I understand there's a new conflict brewing, but only in your head, I think this is. Well, y yeah, but we say it that way. It sounds like I'm disturbed, but no, oh, no, no this no, is... I, um... I, I don't mean it that way. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hypothetical uh, situation you've um, become fascinated by and you'd like to discuss. Yes, Um I, I envisioned a, a cavalry battle um, that would that would take place between four factions. Uh, maybe not all four at once, but whatever. Uh, we can talk through the particulars. Now, when you say four factions, is there an individual combatant in each category, or is it a, sort of a, an army of each? Well, I think if, if you're talking about a cavalry battle, it has to be... Uh, an, uh, four armies. Oh, okay. So you assumed yeah. I was listening, Chris. That's a mistake. Okay. But uh, these four cavalry units would be, uh, you got your centaurs, mm -hmm. you've got your pegasuses, I think pegasi is the, is the correct pluralization of that. Sounds right. Uh, unicorns, and of course, rhinoceroses. So, uh, but what I think it's important for people to know is that they're all fighting over Martina McBride. I don't know who that is. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's for her affection or uh, a deferring opinion on her body of work. All I know is she's the catalyst for this conflict. Now, who is this? That's important to keep in mind. Who is she? I don't know. She's a country singer from the 1990s. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, she somehow caused all of this. All right. So um, I came up with this a few days ago, and since then I've been doing some informal polling. And uh, people, and much like you, when I first brought this up to you, you have an immediate reaction. Correct. Which was... Rhinoceros. All right. Now, here, here's the thing, Steve. You're going off half-cocked because uh, you haven't asked, and no one asked, the most important question, which is mounted or unmounted. It makes all the difference. How do you figure? Well, unmounted, centaurs are going to destroy the other three factions. I mean, think about it. They have arms. They're the only, they're the only faction that has arms. So they can, they can wield any weapon. The other three would be almost weaponless if they're unmounted. Sure, unicorns and rhinoceroses have horns, and pegasi can fly, but that's useless against uh, a centaur, which can wield a bow and arrow. And on its back, it could store uh, javelins. Uh, I, we see in our picture, that one there is carrying both a sword and a bow, right? Centaurs would, unmounted, centaurs have a clear advantage. How do you feel? 
So what you're saying is uh, that makes the b that uh, changes the game, makes it a little more even. But you say centaurs would still have the upper hand. No, I'm saying it would be a it would be a romp if they're unmounted. Centaurs would dominate. Now mounted, now you're talking. Now we got an interesting scenario that we can talk about, right? Okay, so every beast is mounted. I think I think that's the way to go because okay. otherwise the centaurs would dominate. And I, and I know what you're thinking. Well, the pegasi. Uh, they have a clear advantage because uh, they can fly, right? But if they're unmounted, then what can they really do? They have no weapons. Right. right? And if you take out a wing, say, with the tusk of a rhinoceros, then that cat's done. Right. And, and, and you could be like, oh, well, they could still uh, bomb. Okay, well, that brings up another thing. If they're unmounted, is there any uh, human uh, part of their force that... They can't, they can't arm themselves with bombs. They have no hands, right? So there would need to be people involved in order for them to be effective in some way. I think if you're saying unmounted, there's no people involved, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're not preparing them. So they would also be unarmored at that point. The centaurs could put on armor. It just makes it even more of an advantage, you know? So I think unmounted centaurs clearly dominate. Now, let's move on to, to a scenario where they're all mounted. Now it gets interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, now here, I think the Pegasi have a pretty clear advantage just because they can fly, right? They can do a couple of strafing runs, right? Loosen up, I mean, uh, soften up the uh, targets before, and then they'll, they'll have the uh, guaranteed high ground in any of these scenarios as well. So uh, I, I would see them as being, uh, in terms of mounted combat, uh, they would have a pretty clear advantage. But I don't know that it would still be enough to counter the, uh, the centaurs. What do you think? I think the centaurs could hold their own yeah. in that scenario. Right. And that's what it might come down to. Given all that you've just uh, piled onto this discussion, I uh, definitely think um, it would be between uh, the centaurs and uh, the other thing. Yeah, the pegasi. Pegasi. Now, yeah. you, you brought unicorns into this for some reason. Well, some reason. I mean, they obviously fit within this scenario that we're creating. Right? I don't think so. Because when I hear unicorns, I'm thinking My Little Pony. All right. Well, I mean, I'm thinking, uh, you know, war, war horses. You know, unicorns are essentially horses. They don't need to be. My, my Little Pony, those are ponies. That's not even the same species, I don't think. Okay. Well, I think of them as a kind of a cutesy, fantastical creation. Yeah. Well, that's, that was the, the trend in the people that I discussed this with. I don't know why that would be the case. I mean, they could be no different than, uh, say, Secretariat. Imagine, imagine f fielding a, a unit of uh, Secretariat-style unicorns <laughs> and, and, and having them on a cavalry charge. I mean, I think you got something there. That would be fearsome, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think they could beat the rhinoceroses, to be honest. They, so in they're no more scenario, agile. In no scenario in your mind does the rhinoceros uh, troop uh, lead the battle? I can't see who they would beat in these scenarios, uh, mounted or unmounted. I mean, uh, unmounted... Uh, I, if you look at this picture, I, the unicorn's uh, horn looks more fearsome than the rhinoceros's. It's yeah, it's sharp, and it appears to be metal. It's, it's sharp, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's longer, um, and it's easier to wield. It doesn't, like, that, that guy's, the rhinoceros's curls. You know, you'd have to get, you have to go in low and um, come up with your head, whereas unicorns can just charge straight in. But isn't there also... Uh, the possibility that the rhinoceros, who with a lifetime of um, use of his horn, 
he would know what he was doing. He would be accustomed, and he would um, pick the pick the right angle every time. Nobody nobody's doing with his horn. Well, that's true. So maybe maybe the unicorn and the rhinoceros uh, come to a draw, but yeah, there'd, because there'd be a, an instinctive advantage for both when it comes to using their uh, bodily weapons. Yeah, but I still feel like the agility, and I'm not, I can't say I'm an expert on the agility of a rhinoceros, so I could be I could be off base here. But uh, I, I believe the unicorn would be more agile than the uh, than the rhinoceros. This guy's telling me he's uh, he's <laughs> letting you know that he's disclaiming he's not an expert. I'm not, not on the <laughs> on the agility of a rhinoceros. Yeah, because I mean, most people take one look at you, Chris, and they make that assumption. Right. You must be tired of that. Yeah, I am. Everywhere I am. you go, people are asking you questions about the agility of a rhinoceros. Yeah, and other uh, zoological questions. And I'm like, look, this is all <laughs> hypothetical. I'm no expert. I would consult a professional before moving forward investment-wise with what I'm about to tell you. But here's what I think. So, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe we've exhausted this uh, topic of conversation. But uh, I, I'd be interested to hear uh, any... Any dissenting opinions that anyone in the audience would have if they want to contact us in the future? Yeah, I would like to know um, what you folks think as well. Yeah. Yeah, Pegasus, I think, has a clear advantage in in a mounted situation uh, because they're untouchable while they're flying. Um, Sure, you can can fire arrows at them. You can throw javelins. uh, But, uh, well, really, only the centaur can do that, of course, or or, or the mounted mounted people on the uh, unicorns and rhinoceros. But... um, but here's another thing. Are there going to be people on? Yes, we've moved on from unmounted to mounted. See, and that, and that raises a, a different uh, problem here. The centaur, I think, would be at a disadvantage being mounted, right? You got one guy pulling a bow, and right behind him is a guy swinging a sword. Yeah, it doesn't give him much room for the drawback. It does not, and that. he could also lose an arm with that. You know, you get a, um, an errant swing of the sword right. or battle axe. Well, they might be able to work it out beforehand. Well, I assume, yeah. Some sort of choreography. There'd be training, but still right. it would limit your mobility uh, more so than the others. So and it would actually be kind of like uh, only having one man. Because one person could use the one half, the other could, uh, the centaur yeah. could use one half of his body, and the human could use only one half of his body. So yeah. the second person is really neutralized. There's no real need for him. Well, I feel there's probably better better to have the second person than not have them. But, yeah, they're definitely, uh, as you say, kind of neutralized. And, uh, frankly, I think the Pegasus also, um, I think you'd need a small person on there. You know, you're not going to get a big warrior because the wing, think how much room the wings are going to take up, you know. Uh, it's going to be hard to get someone on there. And, and who knows if they'd even be able to fly with uh, all that extra weight on them. Yeah, you know? I, I think they're notorious. Uh, they, they don't carry weight very well. Yeah. Yeah, a laden Pegasus is. Uh... <laughs> Look at this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> you flying unicorns. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> what, are, what are we? What are we? What are we doing? <laughs> uh, what? Please. There we go. Sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. So, uh, <laughs> so I don't know if Martina McBride is meant to be flattered or just satisfied that she's caused this kind of stir among the uh, mythical animal kingdom, except for the rhinoceros. He's a real person. Who oh, and, and here's the thing. You might be saying, why include the rhinoceros 
if it's a real animal? Well, here's, here's the, uh, the caveat here. Uh, a rhinoceros is a real animal, but never, never been domesticated for battle purposes as, say, uh, an elephant or a horse, right? Yeah. So uh, 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 a rhinoceros cavalry unit is, in fact, a fantasy creation. <laughs> so, so it's not like you know, one thing is real and the other and the other three aren't. These are all creations of fantasy. I see. A rhinoceros has never been brought into battle. Uh, I I read one account where uh, some I guess a tribe in like Africa or India. I don't even really know, but um, they drugged the waterhole of a bunch of rhinoceroses to get them a little bit loopy, and then they scared them and got them to stampede an enemy. Now that sounds. Very, a little too complicated to be real, but who knows? If it did happen, uh, that was more, uh, I mean, c- causing a stampede is not, you know, training them for battle. And, right. Yeah. Right. I mean, but, but it they're is not domesticated. Um, it is being in charge of their will. Yeah. But this, I mean, who knows if that ever actually happened? So, yeah. Well, is there anything <laughs> you would like to add, Chris? I'm- I think I, I think we've exhausted the uh, the topic for now. We may come back to it at some point. And we'd like your suggestions, uh, your uh, hypotheses, if that applies, to uh, what would happen were these um, these creatures to do battle, all for the affection or differing opinions on Martina McBride. Anything else going on, Chris? You'd like to discuss? No, this that really pretty much took up my whole week. <laughs> That's what happens. We get sidetracked, and it's very easy to just get sidetracked. And then, uh, oh, man, there's a show coming up, isn't there? Maybe we should think about that. But, yeah, it's really, I mean, you get about six hours out of me a week devoted to this. And most of that comes together on a Thursday night, let's be honest. (laughs) And it's Friday for me. Six hours take place. on. We uh, ordinarily record on Fridays. So should we do the movie of the week of the week? Well, let's get into it. All right. Uh, as I said, this is Angel Dusted. It aired on NBC, February 16th, 1981, President's Day. It's based on a sensational book by a woman calling herself Ursula Eatons. It was marketed as nonfiction. But like Go Ask Alice and the Amityville Horror before, that may not be the case. In the TV film adaptation, John Putch... I'm saying it's Putch. Could be Putch. He plays Owen Eaton, a popular college scholar athlete. In a little bit, we'll meet his mother, Betty, played by Putch's real-life mother, Jean Stapleton. And she's, of course, best known as TV's Dingbat. What, Archie? Very good. Can, you, can we hear more of that as uh, things continue? Or I'll, I'll try. I'm not convinced it's a good impression. I just wanted people to get the idea. But if you said that, I think most people would know what you were doing. What was the, what was her name? Um, Edith. Uh, Edith Bunker, yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm having all kinds of problems here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you all right, Chris? No. <laughs> so, Owen, oh, uh, he's the son. All this guy wants to do is study, Chris. But he can't walk across campus without gals hitting on him, friends inviting him to parties. At one point, he's playfully abducted by four pals of his who want him to goof off. When all he wants to do is hit the books. But he does find time to track down one friend. Let's uh, watch this. Owen. Now, now hold on. Actually, I want to go back. uh, uh, I don't mean to throw things off here. No, you're fine, Chris. Can we go back to the very beginning of the movie, Jim? And go about 30 seconds in. Yeah. That's right there. 
Who is this? Do you know I, who I, that is? I have no information on her. What a beautiful woman. Yeah, she's a lovely gal. Yeah, that's all I wanted to say. But she recruits him to uh, be part of the homecoming decorating uh, committee. But that's not what it is. She's clearly interested in him. I mean, this right. guy is living the life. Yeah. Hey, Shaq, you got another joint on you? I mean, for later, after I study. No, but I got some moods back up in the room. No, moods wipe me out. That's all I'm I got to be sharp for tomorrow. Hey, you want some dust? Yeah. You got a dipper? Yeah. Same stuff we did last week. Yeah, that stuff's great. I, I just want to clear up my head, you know, after I study so I can nail the books tomorrow, you know? Oh. Yeah, that makes sense. Clear your head with a little angel dust. <laughs> well, apparently he's done it before, and he had a pleasant experience on it. Right. So he knows, he believes he knows what to expect from it. So, Owen. But as his friend, that cut off, right, as his friend was saying, hey, come off it, man. You just like to get high. <laughs> so, so maybe there's an element of that, too. His friend, is his al- friend would know. His right? friend's already calling him on his bullshit. Right. <laughs> so Owen goes back to the dorm, and he prepares to study. He puts on some royalty-free smooth jazz, lights up, and then a moment later. This takes me back to uh, three months ago when uh, the Red Sox gave up four runs in the ninth. (laughs) Very similar scene went down at my house. (laughs) So uh, this takes place, and then Owen's parents transfer him to Temple University where there is no trophy room. (laughs) Problem solved. (laughs) End of movie. Actually, uh, the Eaton home receives a phone call. And here we have uh, Edith Bunker herself. There she is. Who is this? Where are you calling from? Okay, pause. Well, when? Dumb writing. How do you know my son? Where are you calling from? (laughs) Dumb series of questions. Berating a person who undoubtedly would have identified himself. Or is this a man who fell for the old, your son smoked PCP and destroyed the trophy room roost one too many times in the past? He's down $50,000 over this constant barrage of people trying to pull that stunt on him <laughs> and ended up hitting him up from... Okay, let's continue. What is it? What's wrong? I don't understand. How did it happen? Who is that? Well, that doesn't make any sense. I see. All right. Well, I'll drive up there right away. No, right away. I'm leaving right now. Yes, fine. Thank you. Thank what you. is it? What happened? Owen's had a breakdown. What do you mean? Where is he? Who was that? Um, the school. I don't know. A doctor. Well, I talked to him yesterday. He was fine. (laughs) Come on, Dad. I'll drive. So he's still unclear on who called him. He's my son. I'm going with you. Now, Steve, I did not realize until I saw this scene that she, that 
her voice from All in the Family was not her real voice. Right. It, it, it is a kind of a novelty to hear her speak in a way, uh, to speak like a real person who counts. Right. What, what was she going for there? What, what part of the world do they speak like Edith Bunker? Well, I think it was supposed to be the Bronx. She's from uh, central Pennsylvania or something, so I guess it was, well, it had to be an affectation. Yes, it's, it's an affectation, but yeah. I've never heard anyone else ever speak like that. No, I, I guess it maybe Betty Boop would be the closest thing. There's <laughs> kind of a Betty Boopness to that uh, cadence and that uh, tone. And just so everyone's clear what we're talking about. Hey, Archie. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Fantastic. So Owen's parents and, um, and their brother and his brother, they visit him in the school infirmary. He's semi-conscious and asks his mother not to let him hurt anyone. The doctor recommends hospitalization. So they take him to a mental facility closer to his home. Um, when they get there, we find out, Chris, there's a better movie going on, and it isn't the one we're watching. Uh, no surprise there. <laughs> All right, let's see this. Yeah, is this gal story on ABC right now? <laughs> That's the one I want to see. I'd rather watch that. And what role does the mallet play? Yeah. And who's the one being committed? A lot of unanswered questions that are so much more fascinating than, than uh, the, the, the struggles of Posh Owen, who had a joint he couldn't handle. <laughs> and that mallet was, uh, I, I don't know if that was a croquet, croquet mallet. yeah. Or perhaps something she got from the circus. I don't know. <laughs> it could be a test of strength. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so a doctor talks to Betty, and he explains the dangers of angel dust. But what he's really doing, Chris, is talking to the audience, who are now terrified about this scourge that they've only just heard about from the movie they're currently watching. Betty has been visiting Owen during her uh, lunch breaks from work. Wait, who's Betty? Betty is Jean Stapleton. Oh. Let's hear it again. Archie? There we go. Uh, I'm being raped, Archie. Uh, no, you, no, you're not. You're being. <laughs> I'm being deadly justice, Archie. There we go. Um, Owen's father, his name's Michael, and he hasn't had the time to visit Owen because, quite frankly, he has a business to run. And in a lot of movies, that means he's a bad parent. But in reality, that means his son's month-long hospitalization won't bankrupt the family. Well, Michael finally does have time to visit Owen, and it's in a room furnished with gigantic orange juicers. Please rescue me. I need desperately to be rescued, please. It's good that he's here. The first 24 hours, they put him in isolation, but now he's well enough to be with the other patients. Yeah, that's great. There he is. Hi, Owen. I brought you another visitor. How are you doing, son? Can he hear us? We brought you a hamburger. The nurse said it was okay. What, no cheese? You figured, you know, throw that shit right in the trash. Food here is probably lousy. I mean, hospital food is always lousy. 
Andrew said to say hi. He wants to know when he can come see you. There you are. Come on, sport. You're gonna get skinny. The runner's gotta have meat on his bones. Just a bite, okay? Leave me alone! Well, there you go, Chris. I kind of wish that guy had been my track coach. I like his philosophy of uh, have a double cheeseburger. You don't want to get skinny. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we talk about this furniture? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wacky. Uh, yeah, was there some kind of incident at the Cuisinart factory? <laughs> some rookie machinist pressed the wrong button and these comically large juicers came out the other end. I'll bet that guy's related to the mallet girl, Chris. <laughs> Again, there's a better movie going on, and we're not seeing it. <sighs> now, uh, in another week or two, Owen is discharged. So it's time for a family dinner. Owen, his younger siblings, and their parents. Um, now, don't be confused by this dialogue. We're still watching Angel Dusted. This is not a deleted scene from our previous movie of the week of the week, Quarterback Princess. Oh. Did you bring home your permission slip? In my lunchbox. Are you a field trip? Riverdale Zoo. We play Riverdale on Saturday. Yeah, I got a great center. Oh, he's not playing. He pulled a groin muscle. <laughs> Andrew, grow up. Groin is not nasty. What an odd thing for Helen Hunt to say. Uh, honestly, I couldn't even figure out what she was saying. She was talking about how they're playing this other school in football that week, and uh, there's a player on the other team that has a groin injury. What, is she doing the scouting for the team? What the hell is that all about? I, I, I have a theory. This is two years before Quarterback Princess. Right. Was she covertly auditioning for future roles <laughs> on national television? I was waiting for this scene. Your brother's on drugs. Great, Dad. Hey, there's a tornado warning. I need your car and your enormous 1981 camcorder. Cut! <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Let's see a little more of this. I want to go back to school. You will. Just give it some time. I want to go back now. I've got a lot of work to make up. Well, you've missed so many weeks. Maybe you better just sit out this quarter. I can't sit out this quarter. You guys have already paid for it. I, I can't waste a whole quarter. Um... Bill Taylor's son goes to Community State. He says the curriculum there is pretty good. So is the athletic department. What are you talking about? It's five minutes away. You could live here and drive there every day. I'm not going to quit Billings to go to some community college. I worked hard to get into that school. You guys saved up a lot of money so I could go there. I can cut it. We don't have to discuss it tonight. Just think about it for a few days. I don't want to think about it. I'm confused, Steve. Yeah. They referenced the school they want him to go to as Community State. <laughs> now, is it a community college, a state college? Are they making this up? It sounds like a state college. and that's Not state college, but a, a community college or a junior college that's perhaps part of the state um, school system. I don't know. You think they would have come up with a less confusing name? No, I think they just They could have called they... it anything. <laughs> they could have, and they did. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, Owen and his father, they have a chat. 
He pours his son a cheeky glass of whiskey. But in a moment, they're arguing. Now, this one's a little long, but there's relevance. Angel dust. It was an accident. It happened. You took that crap. It doesn't matter now. You yeah. put yourself, your family, Dad, I don't hell. Don't you understand? Okay, Dad, I promise you, okay? I was smoking, okay? I had this smoke. It was Jackie smoke, okay? And to relax, like now, like now, philosophy was killing me. And then the cup moved. It just moved. And I didn't know who moved it. It just moved and somebody moved it. Take it easy, son. But, but it was me. And I didn't even know it. It was me. And I tried to get away, but I couldn't. And I read, and I read, I read, and I read. Come on, don't cry, on. Don't cry, okay? God, don't. Oh, my goodness. Holy hell, dude. I don't remember what happens next. Owen. Oh, oh, now I remember. I, don't know. I have no idea how he got drunk. <laughs> yeah, you know what happens next. Owen runs to the bathroom. Yeah. Are we going to see that or no? Um, we're we're going to see... Um, an, um, no, actually, we're not. Um, well, we could. I think I know what you're talking about. I think that happens a little later. We are going to see that. Oh, gotcha. So uh, he runs into the bathroom, and he takes a handful of p- pills out of the cabinet. You know, that's exactly what I was talking about. Oh, okay. We could have just watched it, but whatever. Can you imagine? I can't imagine breaking down in front of my father like that as a grown man. <laughs> How humiliating. Yeah, he's 19. I think I would have had to move out of the country if I'd ever done that. <laughs> His mother knocks on the door as he's taking the handful of pills, or he just had, not taking uh, as far as ingesting, but uh, rescuing them, shall we say, from its bottle. Um, His mother knocks on the door, and he opens it before uh, he does anything smart. Well, actually, we later learned that in times of stress, he's been stealing doses of his mother's Valium. Ah. But it's not a regular thing. So the next day, he's home alone, and he has a flashback in the kitchen. Now, not a flashback like a montage where he recalls parts of the film that we've seen earlier, although I'm sure that mallet girl's still in his head. What was <laughs> going on over there? <laughs> if I wasn't catatonic, I would have asked somebody. <laughs> Even the, the same people, the so-called sane people in that situation, had no sense to make that a focal point. <sighs> no, he starts to feel the, the mental effects again from the angel dust. Um, so he calls a friend, uh, now, his cowboy friend. Yeah. yeah. Now, Steve, now, last week when we talked about Quarterback Princess, mm-hmm. which was based on a true story, we'd both gone through and done some research to separate fact from fiction. Yeah. Uh, I did not do that with this week's uh, movie. Uh, by any chance did you? Because I'm really wondering how realistic a portrayal of a dude who's done angel dust a couple of times getting caught in this uh, psychological nightmare that he's in. Right. Um, I don't know how real it is. I did read a review of the book that it's based on, and, and it's purported to be uh, nonfiction, but it, it is... It, there were. There were all these kind of things coming out in the 70s that would, were just intended to scare young people and also to scare parents into thinking that they have to basically control every aspect of their children's lives yeah. or horrible things will happen. And um, it was kind of a cottage industry. And this book, in my opinion, from what I've read, I guess in the opinions of others as well, um, it appears to be one of those. Uh, it was written under a pseudonym, 
so there's no uh, who this person is who wrote the book is still um, unknown, I guess. W- uh, was the pseudonym uh, Gary Ryder from Community State? <laughs> <laughs> it was Ursula Eaton's oh, the pseudonym, okay. and she she was. According to the book, she was the mother of Owen. Okay. But, okay. The, the um, uh, Gene Stapleton role. Yeah, but uh, I feel like that if you're to get to the point that Owen is at, you're probably a long-time habitual user of uh, Angel Dust, or uh, I believe it's now called PCP. Or, that, or possibly there's some budding psychosis that hasn't uh, shown itself that's been accelerated through the use of um, psychotropic drugs. Now, that's interesting because I do have an alternative uh, hypothesis okay. about our protagonist, but uh, I'll get to that a little bit later. Okay, well, we'll hold on to that, Chris. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he calls his cowboy buddy and uh, arranges to meet him that night, but Owen's not really interested in catching up. Let's see this. Hey, you Okay. You all right, man? You feeling good? Fine. Fine. Everything's just fine. Great, great. Hey, look, I'm sorry about what happened. I mean, dust never hit you like that before, you know? Oh, hey, listen. Forget it. Forget it, okay? Come on, let's go. Oh, wait. Yeah. Sick, what do you got, huh? You got some loot on you? No, man, no loots. Yeah, yeah, I need something. <laughs> I need something to ease up, you know? Gotta slow me down, something to get me there. What do you got, huh? I don't got anything. Come on. Don't lie to me, man. I swear, I've been cleaning up my act from now on just grass. Come on, let's go inside. Okay. Give me a joint then, okay? Just a joint, huh? Huh, Shaq? Just a little joint, please? Look, man, you're already wasted, okay? I'm not wasted! I didn't take anything! All right, hey, how about if we go back to the car? I'll take you home, okay? Come on, let's get in the car. Man, no! I need something to slow down. I gotta get my act together. I I, I feel like I'm dying, Shaq. Just give me a joint, okay? Just don't get crazy with me, okay? Not crazy! Take it easy, man, okay? Look, I'm sorry, all right? Wrong word, okay? Look, I'll give you a joint, okay? Okay? Okay, look. Here, here's the joint. joint Smoke boy. it later. Okay, for later. Talking to him like he's a dog. I just want to show Chris something. Yeah. What? I'm supposed to read this? No, you're not supposed to read that. Okay. Some observations are worth saying, but uh, they're not show appropriate. Or as I call it, appropriate. You lost me, dude. We'll, ha- we'll have to have a talk after the show. So his friend takes Owen home, and his parents are waiting up for him. Uh, they accuse Owen of being back on drugs, and he denies such a claim. He denies it. Oh, I just got, I just got your, uh, oh, your, okay. your inside right. show right. joke. Okay, keep it to yourself, please. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Some things are not for the air. Yeah, or <laughs> not appropriate. <laughs> Yeah, he denies uh, he's doing drugs, and he denies it, Chris, <laughs> by doing this. Can't control him! Can't control him! 
Stop it! Stop it! Stop it, Stop it, Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> that made me laugh really hard when I saw that. Yeah. I mean, the son is this crying wimp. And his father, I'm guessing he was either a veteran of World War II or Korea. Right. He knows how to take care of business. He's oh. not taking any more guff. <laughs> so Owen gets recommitted, and it turns out uh, there were no drugs in his system. So uh, days later, still in the hospital, he's refusing to talk during therapy sessions. And Owen's father, as you've just seen, he's over all this malarkey. Yeah. Here we go, Jim. <laughs> I made this last week. Owen, that's very dildo. creative. <laughs> yeah, he's not impressed. What is it? Nash tray. Do you have any idea how much all this is costing us? Michael, don't. You're sitting up here like it's the rest of your life. You're supposed to be getting better and you're not even trying. But they don't give any trophies here. If I can't bring home a trophy, why should I try? Now, here is where my alternative hypothesis comes into play. Because uh, up until now, we've been led to believe that this is all some sort of drug addiction. Uh, I think this kid's just a giant asshole. <laughs> and uh, the drugs are a purely uh, secondary, circumstantial thing in his life. It's a revelation of character. We've seen him be an asshole to his friends, to his family. Hey, who who even sits on a chair like that while you're visiting people? Just let blowing alone, smoke into the air. Let alone puffing on a White Owl trash cigar. <laughs> uh, it, this guy is just an asshole, pure and simple. <laughs> and we're going to see more of that behavior uh, moving forward here. Indeed. In fact, uh, we're going to see him talk uh, to his older brother. He has an older brother called Mark, who's a doctor who recommends a facility that might be of better service to Owen. I'm actually mistaken. We're not going to see him talk to Mark right now. We're going to see probably the most extreme case of the behavior you've just described, Chris. Okay. Um, this program he's in now that his brother recommended, it's more youth-oriented. And uh, Betty, um, Gene Stapleton. What? <laughs> She I'm goes, here to visit, Archie. <laughs> she goes to check it out and uh, agrees to have Owen sent there. Let's see how he likes his new digs. Seems like a nice place. Don't come back, you hear? Don't ever come back. I don't want to see you again. Leave. You think I like it in here? It's your fault. You put me in here. Go home. Go home, tell dad I said hi, huh? Leave! I hate it, I hate you! Leave! He spit on my car! By the way, uh, great cinematography with the, uh, watch her back up a car. <laughs> what? What's wrong? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it has been much. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, he doesn't care for this place, huh? Apparently now, we not. should also probably point out that he's off drugs. He hasn't had a drug in his system for I don't know how long. The joint he, get, he got uh, from his cowboy friend, I'm not even sure he had time to smoke it. 
when he was recommitted, again, there were no drugs in his system. They yeah. tested him. And one thing's for sure, he did take some Valium or whatever, but he, he's not had any angel dust in months at this point. And Valium would not cause the kind of behavior we've just witnessed. Right. What, you're looking for me to... I, I'm, I haven't done no, I'm, Valium. I'm, 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 I'm just looking at you because I'm talking like to Like I'm you. a Valium expert? I don't, I don't know. <sighs> All right. Okay. Jesus Christ. Okay, well, um, Owen, he's not a fan of group therapy. But he's about to walk past a, a, an outdoor group therapy session in progress. Can we see some of those? That, man. Oh, man. Hey, hey, Owen. Owen, why don't you sit in with us, man? No way. Hey, come on, Owen, join us. Forget it. Hey, what's your problem? You've been a real pain ever since you got here. I don't belong here. I'm not a druggie. Oh, yeah? Well, what about the PCP? I told you that was an accident. What kind of an accident, Owen? in some grass I smoked. Oh, look out. This Pat Boone's got soiled shoes. I don't know how much of this you wanted to play, Steve. <laughs> so I smoked well, grass. The scene, Chris, yeah, so. everybody does enough. it. Big but, deal. Um, see, uh, this is pretty strong evidence for my hypothesis. Uh, all the other drug addicts, which he claims he's not one of, uh, clearly think he's an asshole. <laughs> so uh, that's probably a good indication that your problem is not drugs, uh, it's something else. And this guy clearly hates him because he referred to him as Pat Boone. Yeah, that, that was quite an insult in uh, 1981. <laughs> so, um, mm. all right, I, I guess uh, let's just go to the next one. A phone call comes in uh, to the household. Uh-oh, is he going to be confused and befuddled by, <laughs> is your refrigerator running? <laughs> I see You'll be late for work, Michael. Fine. I'll, I'll uh, let you know. I'm, uh, I'm going to arrange to take Fridays off early. That was Dr. Gideon. She says that Owen's in uh, some rap sessions now and he's beginning to open up. She wants us to start meeting once a week on Fridays, the whole family. I am not dragging the family into this. Well, we're in it already, Betty. Why are you fighting me on this? Okay, pause. We're going to You haven't this, done a thing pause. for Why are you stepping in now? Well, maybe because it's a made for TV movie and we're running out of time for the face turn. Uh-oh. This guy hasn't even been much of a heel. The true heel, the natural heel in this scenario is uh, the protagonist himself. Right. But uh we're not treating it that way. Um See, Steve, I think the real heel is Angel Dust. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, they're not even taking that route. Um, <laughs> oh, man. So um, this guy, his son's a first-class carrot. He brought all this trouble on himself, on himself and the family, and he doesn't want to seem to get well. Right. Can we uh, continue with this? Rowan, for two months, why are you stepping in now? No one told me how I could help him until now. This doctor is asking me to spend one hour a week to sit down and just try to talk to him. I'm his father. I've got to give it a chance. Well, you don't become a father in one hour per week sessions. Can we pause it? Yeah. Uh, this is the second scene where we've seen him. Uh, the first was at the dinner table. But uh, this is the second scene we've seen him casually about the house wearing a goddamn tie. Who does that? <laughs> Relax a little bit, dude. 
Maybe he's a gentleman. He likes to present himself professionally at all times. Yeah. You can go ahead. No, I, I think we're okay. Oh, we're done with it? Uh, we can be. You think she's being unfair? She says, you haven't been around for uh, 24 years. Uh, by which she means uh, you built a successful business in that time so your family can have everything we need. He's paid for two kids to go to college, and when the time comes, I'm sure he's going to pay for the other two. Right. Whoever wrote this, and as I said, this book was written under a pseudonym. This person has never been poor. My dad wasn't around when I was growing up, but I would have preferred that to have been because he was working long hours to maintain a successful business so I could start adulthood without crippling debt and maybe run that business someday. Not because he ran off with some broad and forgot I existed. This posh dork should appreciate what he has, is all I'm saying. Gotcha. So Owen, um, he won't see most of his family, but he does demand to see his brother. His brother's a successful doctor, if we haven't pointed that out. Oh, he's a doctor? I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. Um, so Mark is his brother's name. He visits, and uh, it leads to this exchange. I'm set. Hey, Owen. How come I'm the guy who always has to fall? You did drugs before. You came out fine. I never did dust. It's bad stuff. You shouldn't mess with don't it. Don't lecture me. You're not my father. I'm not lecturing you. I'm just telling well, you. Well, don't tell me anything, then. I know I messed up. I don't need to hear it from you. Hey, Owen, ease up. Ease up? I can ease up. I've always been two steps behind you, and I'm out of breath. I can't keep up anymore, Mark. I'm not you. Yeah, so now it's Mark's fault, too. Yeah, I mean, this guy's blaming everyone but himself. And you shouldn't have this many problems in your life, dude. <laughs> I mean, it, just go to school, get a degree, and start your life. Like, w things don't seem that bad for him. That he, He's an asshole. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Um, Betty, uh, she's the mother. She takes off early one morning, and the whole household goes to hell. Let's uh, see this. Morning. This is soggy. There's too much snow. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, what was Just the issue? I missed it. Where's mine? Oh, this is you soggy. Left. There's too much milk. It doesn't tell Where'd she go? I don't know. Can we go back? Jim's gonna make this seamless when on the replay, but we're having to go back and figure out what the hell this child's talking about. No, you're fine. This is where it starts. Morning. This is soggy. There's too much snow. Oh, I'm sorry. Just eat it. Where's mine? What? She left. Hey, Mushmouth. I have a theory. Fucking enunciate Where'd your lines. I have a theory. Okay. I think I heard it. She didn't make your breakfast. Yeah. She always makes breakfast. Is mom coming with us to see Owen today? I'm not sure. You when know what it is? He's freaking. He's talking know. with his mouth full. <laughs> um, who, who directed this? I don't know a lot of things right now. I wish I had some answers for you guys, but I don't. It's okay, Dad. You're going to do the dishes? Well, I'm going to try. Want some help? Yeah, thanks. Come on. Really? 
Yeah, well, what is this, a 21st century appliance commercial? <laughs> I've, n- I've never watched Dishes before, but uh, <laughs> I'll give it a try in my 57th year of uh, being on this planet. Can he really be that incompetent? And I think I heard correctly what the kid said. He put rum in his kid's cereal? <laughs> That's how they do it, right? You put too much <laughs> rum in it, which makes me think this is a regular occurrence. There's an acceptable <laughs> amount of rum this kid is used to in the morning. Um, and he needs help washing dishes. How about you load those dishes into that dishwasher Helen Hunt is sitting on? <laughs> <sighs> it turns out Betty actually left uh, to visit uh, Owens College, um, uh, the, the one in, sounds like it's in Montana somewhere. Okay. Billings. Oh, um, right, right. He, uh, she visits his cowboy friend, and he reveals that Owen's issues stem from his need to excel. That's how he explains it. He feels a lot of pressure to achieve, to make his parents happy. Now, no word on whether this is because, because uh, Ed Asner let him win a game of checkers. That's often the cause of this. <clears throat> Not a viewer? You lost me. Owen has at last agreed to participate in a family therapy session. We won't see that. The movie ends with the family walking into the meeting room. But the last thing I want to point out happens just before that as Owen and Betty meet privately. You're supposed to be downstairs. I came up the back way. I can't go through with that. You'll do fine. You always do fine. Yeah. Okay, now this is an inpatient drug rehab facility. That's a poster of Pink Floyd. In other scenes, you can spot posters of Jimi Hendrix and Fleetwood Mac. (laughs) This would be like an AIDS clinic with posters of (laughs) fill in the blank. I think that's an odd choice. Yeah. So um, anything you'd like to say about this before we rate it, Chris? Um. That's that's how we're ending? We're not going to see how this all resolves itself? Well, it does it, though. All they do is walk into the meeting room. We can watch that if you'd like. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we got to have the conclusion. Okay, that let's nonsense. do that. <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. Four minutes? Well, we're not watching four minutes of this crap. Go, go. Well, a minute of that's probably the credits, right? I don't know. Just kind of feel yeah, the way the, through the it. Yeah, the credits are uh, lengthy. Yeah, a lot of people worked on this. Nobody raised the hand and said, well, "What are we doing here?" Yeah, I actually, because I, I kind of forget how it ends, to be honest. There's yeah, just, there's not really an ending. Oh yeah, I feel like they all kind of had a kumbaya moment at the end. Okay, right. There's the dad. Let's see. There he is. I remember Helen Hunt being there. Maybe not. No, Helen Hunt's there. Yeah. Here's how it should have ended. Uh, sorry I've been an asshole my whole life. <laughs> what? I think they're going to dinner or something. I don't know. No, they're going into the group therapy session. Oh, right, right, right. Which we don't actually see. Yeah. Which was a shame because it could have been some uh, mallet wielding uh, crazy in there. <laughs> well, yeah, so that's the end of it, you know. 
Hi, Dad. Meanwhile, he's still an asshole. He's going to do something really awful. Close, son. Oh, two weeks later. Undoubtedly. Yeah. And it'll be doing, everyone guys? else's fault. Fine. Yeah. Good. So, uh, Chris, would you like to rate it? Um, you know, I really hadn't thought about the rating until this moment. I will say I did not enjoy it as much as the last movie we saw, which was about a uh, track athlete on drugs. Well, the, the last drug movie we saw, yeah. Which was also about a track athlete on drugs. Like, yeah, what? The, it's kind of a genre of its own. I guess. But I did not enjoy it as much as Cracked Up, um, which I gave three stars. So uh, I, I guess I'll go ahead and give this one two. Uh, see, I wasn't as generous. Yeah? I gave this one a single, Meredith Baxter. Well, you're not wrong. And the performances really weren't that bad, but I would rather have seen more of the gal who, I guess, lost her mind on the croquet pitch or whatever was going on there. Sure. Or more of that girl we saw in the first minute of the movie. <laughs> Frankly, I could have watched her for an hour and a half and been satisfied. <laughs> Although it probably would have only been about three minutes, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, in that case, Chris, is there anything uh, we didn't talk about you might want to talk about? How about uh, next week's movie? I know you've chosen one. Uh, our next movie of the week of the week, but I don't even know what it is yet, Chris. Well, it's uh, we're going back a little bit farther than uh, than what we had before. This is 1976, Steve. Oh. And it's also a little bit longer. It clocks in at two and a half hours. Uh, that may include commercials, though, which would be great, frankly, if we had some uh, 1976 commercials. Yeah, and we might see something in there we'd like to discuss. That, that yeah. could be good for... The but show. the movie itself could just be two and a half hours. I don't know. But... Uh, uh, I will say this. Uh, here's how I know it's a good it's a good choice. It stars none other than Meredith Baxter Burney. Oh, okay. And what I believe may have been her first one. She plays basically a child in this. Um, but it's called Law and Order 1976. And I don't know if that was the original title, or they added the year to differentiate it from the TV show, which it has nothing to do with. That's a possibility. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Law and Order, 1976. Check it out if you want to do your homework, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, I look forward to seeing this. Um, Chris, we got any plugs? No? Okay, uh, I do have a plug. Um, check out a new program called This Week in Charles Bronson. It's hosted by our friend Eric Todd. And uh, the A-Bomb and I were guests on the most recent episode, coming soon. And as soon as it's available, I'll let you know. We discussed Charles Bronson's um, 1986 motion picture, Murphy's Law. And uh, that's Eric Todd and Danny Getz. They do this uh, fantastic program. And um, check out the previous episodes as well. And also uh, Cancel Culture. May as well um, remind people to uh, check out Cancel Culture. I know you do. So, um, But okay. keep that a part of your viewing practices. It's a great show over there with uh, John Kensel and the legendary Wid. Okay. Um, and I think that's about it. Did we do it? Yeah, we did it. I think we did it. I'm Steve Rees, Chris Morgani, and Jim Corhan. Ask you, Ask you, Eat them raw. Tigers, eat them raw. We did it, sir. So.